This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director. Going to be talking to Teresa Staley. Uh, Teresa, last year your program was one of our most downloaded ones of the year. Uh, kind of giving a, a, a perspective and view from, a, I guess, a homeowner's point of view in Sioux Falls. You go back to, what was your first battle? Uh, was it the uh, the swimming pool? Yes, I think my yeah my first effort at advocacy for the people was that swimming pool back in 2006, 15 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Wow. That tell us about that because that was the Nelson Pool on uh, East 10th and, and Cliff Avenue, and uh, I can remember when Drake Springs used to be there, and and there actually was a Drake Springs. In fact, I can remember when uh, Howard Wood Field uh, used to be there. They moved that to the new Howard Wood Field out by the arena, of course. That used to be under, out down by the biodockers where we're talking about. Why did you get well, first of all, you live in the Whittier District, I guess we could say. Uh, well, I live near McCannon Hospital, and I do live by the Drake Springs Swimming Pool. I knew that they had been renovating pools around across town, and so somehow this idea emerged with some of the movers and shakers of Sioux Falls that they were going to take that, that Drake Springs pool at 10th and Cliff, which, by the way, is, is services that the lower income neighborhoods gives those children a chance to enjoy the sunshine and water in the summertime. But they were going to make that into this big complex. And if you remember, we had a vote on that. That was maybe 2005. I, I had nothing to do with that. All I did was vote. And the thing went down in flames. The public said, no thanks on that that complex idea. And then the, the park department came around and sa- came up with this idea, well, let's make it into an indoor pool then. And that was really pushed forward by the swim team, which live, basically was uh, on the south end of town. Let's take that and make that into an aquatic center for indoor swimming. And at that point, I'm like, I, I don't know that that's going to satisfy the needs of these little children. And I was told by the council members that, well, they can just ride their bikes two miles to the next pool across heavy traffic. And, and I, just, I was just astounded at the lack of awareness that these people had for these little children. And anyway, so I, one thing led to another, and we ended up doing a petition drive to just to let the public vote on whether that should remain an outdoor pool or be an indoor pool. And that was my first uh, experience at uh, standing up against the you know, the big moneyed players of our community. Yeah, I remember it used um, to used to be a little pond there. You could catch crawdads. <laughs> at, at, yes. Well, and, and I, I mean, well, hopefully we can segue into um, the, the upcoming election, which, by the way, I would tell your listeners, mark your calendar for April 12th because it's an important uh, municipal election. The mayor, of course, is up for re-election. Uh, so far, there's three people who've put their hat in the race for that, but there are four c- council seats up as well. And so it's very important that people take an interest in this. And I will tell you, if you look at the financial records that just came out uh, beginning of the year, huge amounts of money are being put forth by about three individuals in our town. And I don't believe that three individuals should be running our community. People with the biggest bank accounts should be making the decisions for the average people of Sioux Falls. We need to have balance on the council. And uh, Janet Brecky is up for re-election. Both hospitals have somebody running against her. I don't know if you knew that, John. But they both put in people to run against Janet Brecky. Janet was our city attorney. Mm -hmm. Janet and I don't agree on everything. Of course not. But Janet 
up has been a person committed to good government, to integrity, ethics, and keeping things in the open for the people. Um, and that's all we, I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever, everybody agrees that we should have open and transparent government that is accessible for all citizens. Let me give you my first experience with the, uh, the, the voting in Sioux Falls. I go way back, uh, Teresa. Sometimes I remember too many things. People don't like that. But I graduated from Washington High in 65. That was when it was one school. And uh, they were just building Lincoln High or proposing it. And they put it up for a public vote, and they voted it down, said, no, we don't need a swimming pool in the high school. Uh, mm-hmm. Brought it up again, said, no, we don't need carpeting in the hallways. And I think it went to a vote four times and finally passed. But you know what? We haven't voted for a school building ever since. <laughs> so they, And that, yeah, that's the big mystery. Is yeah. How did that get out of the hands of the, the, the taxpayers? And now it's there's just no oversight within that school district. I mean, our, if you look at the salaries of the management of the upper administration, it's just just outrageous. Well, that in City Hall, um, too. And there, but anyway, back to um, the swimming pool issue that you brought up. I was happy to hear on the news this week that the city is increasing the, what they're going to pay lifeguards. Um, I think it's like from fifteen to seventeen dollars, and uh, because last year. We had two pools that did not open. Mm-hmm. Frank Olson and the McKinnon Park waiting pool were not able to open because there was wasn't enough uh, lifeguard staff. So I'm, I, that'll be a happy thing because I, I just think swimming for the just the average child is just such a delightful thing. Well, for all ages, especially, especially seniors, it's one of the healthiest things for them. Uh, oh uh, yes. Speaking of seniors, now I'm going to segue into something else. Sure. Um, well, there, the legislature is looking at uh, upping the valuation that is allocated for seniors to get the elderly tax freeze. Mm-hmm. You know, as as you and I have visited about the cost of living in Sioux Falls for housing is is just skyrocketing. More than that, and, yeah. uh, it, but I, I one problematic area is uh, a person who is over sixty five. They've worked their whole life. They paid off their home. And now their valuation has gone to the point where they're going to be taxed out of their homes. I live in a very modest neighborhood. My home was valued uh, by the assessor at about 142000 last year. Okay, 142000 I'm in one of those starter neighborhoods from World War II. Mm-hmm. The house across the street from me this summer sold for 240000 yeah, there's some homes that are getting way above the asking price even for them. Well, that's yes, but in my neighborhood, a hundred. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like around a hundred and you know fifty, and it's it's selling for two hundred and forty thousand. Another home do, just down the street from me sold for a hundred and two hundred and thirty thousand. Quarter million dollars. So, if we're valuing, if that valuation is that high on small homes, think about these other elderly senior citizens in a house that's, you know, just a nice house, but it's being valued at $300,000. they will never get any kind of a tax freeze. And there's taxes, the property taxes just keep going up and up, and their income, their ability to earn an income is what? Reduced. 
Well, yeah. You know, when you're 75, you're not going to be able to make the paycheck that you made when you were 35. No, when you're planning your retirement, you don't plan for that kind of thing. Uh, Absolutely. And so uh, senior citizens have earned the right to stay in their home, as far as I'm concerned. And um, the legislature, I think, needs to raise the valuation that will qualify for that tax break for those people. Yeah, Jack Kobeck uh, talked about that. Um, he's one of the legislators in the Appropriations Committee. There is something in the legislature to uh, allow the seniors to freeze or put a cap on. Uh, but, Teresa, my rent uh, this last year went up $185 a month. Um, there was a, a lady on Facebook that meant she lives downtown, and uh, new owners of the Shriver's Building raised the rent uh, to her to $2,000 a month. That's an increase of 900 and some dollars for her. Um, we're seeing this gentrification. There's actually a name for that. But uh, last mayor's election, we all brought up this fact that rent was going up and, and nothing's been done about it. What can you do? <laughs> well, well, well what you, it, we had all, all this COVID money coming in for housing, and it, mm. it's that, that is, the water is so murky as to how that money's being spent. But I read that the state was hadn't used the housing money and some of it was going back and that uh, uh, which brings us back to the point in government whether it's the state government john whether it's our local government the school board we need more accountability more transparency in government and in the city of sioux falls right now the people have no idea what's going on at city hall no i used to send out the Staley report at my own expense to tell people the bullet points and of what we had been voting on. Now, nobody is covering the meetings. People don't know what's happening. And it's the perfect breeding ground for bad behavior on elected officials. Well, they've shortened You're going to the- be hearing on April 12th, we got the election, mark your calendars, citizens, get out and vote. But you're, you're going to be hearing a lot about, oh, transparency, accountability, mm-hmm. engaging with citizens. And I'm going to tell you that what's been happening in our city council, is that they have taken public input, used to be at the beginning of the meeting, they threw it to the back of the meeting, they They moved the meetings from 7 o'clock to 6 o'clock, because the the main goal is to get out of there as fast as possible. Get the city business, just fly it by as fast as you can, and slam it down, have the discussions behind closed doors, bring it out, vote on it, and move on. That is not good government, in my opinion. Well, I, I remember there was quite a few times nobody knew about it until it was brought to the commission to vote, and they didn't even know about it. Uh, that, well, <laughs> I think I think they have to know, at least if they're reading the agenda, because that comes out on a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. So hopefully the council is, is looking at that. But we used to have informationals when I was on the council. We would have informational meetings. Um, the day of the council meeting, I mean, it was a long day. We'd go in at 4 o'clock, and we'd be there until maybe 10 o'clock at night. And I never complained. I, I think that's what we were uh, elected to do. But now my understanding is they've eliminated the information at the informationals, and it, some council members don't get any information. It's not good policy. It, it's not a good um, gesture of, of caring towards everyone. Um and so April 12th, get out, pay attention, citizens, vote. 
Also, John, we're going to be voting on pay increases for the mayor and the council. Have you followed that one? Well, they already get about uh, a lot of council members. Well, uh, not council members, but a lot of city officials get over 150000 I know that. The mayor is... Uh, well, the mayor has a, a, a chief of staff, Erica Beck. She's making like $185,000. Hmm. And I will tell you from having worked in that system that Erica really makes a lot of the decisions. She's kind of the... Uh, deputy mayor, so to speak. I don't know that the citizens understood there were going to be two people running the city, but she's one of them. And she makes 185000 Our mayor, Paul Tenhagen, is making approximately 130000 So why, why they wanted to propose more? something that yeah. was going to give him like a $60,000 increase. Well, and uh, the council makes 19000 now. And anyway, we're going to be voting on a pay raise for everybody on April 12th. We're going to be voting. Citizens get a chance to say, should the mayor go from $130,000 to $165,000? Should we give him yeah. a $35,000 raise? And the council would go from 19000 to 24000 Well, our city's in a, in, a, in a bad spot. I mean, McDonald's on 41st, or, I mean, yeah, 41st Minnesota used to be up and open all night, but now you drive by and they're closed because there's not enough people to work there. Uh, there's higher signs everywhere. And the, uh, like you say, the, the, they have to raise the pay to $17 to even get people to work at the swimming pool. Um, and that, that's a pretty easy job. But, uh, what I'm saying is, uh, our rent is going up, our, our taxes is going up. Yes. And and they want to raise. What I'm saying is, why didn't they do something about the taxes? Why didn't they do something about the raise in, in cost of living here uh, before? Uh, I, I bring it up because some cities, there's one in Colorado, they have a law that you can't raise the rent more than 20% over a five-year period. Now, why can't we do something like that in Sioux Falls? Well, of, but, course we, of course we could. Yeah. Of course we could. The, but, the, the but city council the could big, vote for that, yeah. But, but I, I will tell you, you go up against the, the developers, yes. which I did many times. I, I stood for citizens when they were, if it came down to, you know, a, the right, just thing, and it was a, just a, a citizen versus a huge conglomerate of wealth with the Development Foundation, and I, I would vote go with the citizen. But money talks, unfortunately, and so what you're proposing there it would be, that would be a, a loser with the development, the developers. They do not want to have anybody put any limitations. No. Oh. And it, it, there's there's so many apartments being built. This is uh, Sioux Falls will become a community of apartments. But they're not affordable housing. No, they, I understand. I get they it. Call it I they call it affordable housing, but if you take thirty, the government says thirty percent of your income is what you should spend on shelter, and not more than that, uh, or you're not going to have enough to live on. But uh, if you make fifteen dollars an hour, just you know. Multiply that by 40 hours and divide by 30%, and you can't find an apartment to rent for that. Uh, there's some federal buildings that, uh, you know, they'll take 30% of your income, and, and uh, you have to qualify for it. But uh, uh, there may be only 500 square, square foot, uh, you know, studio apartments in, in like, the Statue of David apartments type of thing. But what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, like Boulder, Colorado, I mean, 50 years ago, they actually bought land around the city to keep it from growing. Um there is things you can do to stop the congestion, stop the traffic, uh, uh, you know, increase, to stop the uh, tax increase, to stop the rent increase. Uh, but if you ask anybody, yeah, the developers run the city. They make good money when they build those apartment complexes and all that type of thing. But who well, pay- and especially John, they make really good money 
when you have a TIF involved. Yeah, they don't, they don't pay taxes. Tax incremented yeah. financing, where they are, here's what's happening on these buildings, on these developments, they are um, getting, and, and they, they'll play with the, the verbiage on that, but they're actually getting up the city and the, the school board has nothing to say about it, but it affects them as well in the county. But they get to take the, the what they would have paid for property tax and put it back into their into their building. It was supposed to be used for blight. This program, if it, to to encourage people to develop a blighted area, so that you wouldn't have to pay the property tax, you could just continue to put that back into the development to help build and renovate. But it's it's now it's being used cleverly by people to av- to avert paying the property tax on these multi-million dollar projects. It's it's being abused. Many of us feel that way. The public doesn't even know what's going on. I tried to alert them to one of the projects when I was on the council, and, of course, it put a big X on my back because I was speaking out against this developer. But it's like, hey, let's just – this town belongs to everybody. Um, and we just had a sweetheart deal – Happened down on that uh, park building. It's at mm-hmm. Six and Phillips Historic Park Building. Uh, when the park department moved into that new administration building, uh, I said to Don Kearney, the park director, Don, why don't we sell this building? Well, he wanted to save it, and he was going to put some stuff from the Levitt in it and use it for storage, and so it's been sitting vacant. So the city cooked up this idea to have this nonprofit Startup Sioux Falls move in there and pay a dollar a month, uh, or excuse me, a dollar a year for rent. Well, it, it, it was yeah. not put out to the public. To you know, there'd be a lot of entities that that would have been interested in bidding for that property mm-hmm. if we were going to be a landlord. Uh, it was, and the person who was in charge of it is a good friend of the mayor's. And so, I don't like that kind of underhanded. Well, this is the same downtown area. They're charging two thousand dollars a month rent for an apartment now. One dollar seems yeah. one dollar seems like a, a gift to somebody. A pristine uh, property, and then they they were gonna. They said, "Well, we'll put a million dollars of renovation in the building." It was not in the contract. Yeah. So you, when you leave stipulations out of a contract, there's no binding um, force to make anybody do anything. So I don't like underhanded, backdoor, sweetheart things for, I know you, I'll do this for you. You've contributed thousands to my political campaign, I'll give do this for you. That's, that's an ethics violation. Um, but in this town, I mean, what's happening is people are able to get away with anything. And no one, the media is not calling anybody on anything. Nobody is watching. So uh, it, at some point, things will be revealed. They always they always come out. Truth will come out. And uh, so anyway, people, mark your calendar, April 12th. Pay attention. Janet Brecky is a has been a very good public servant. She no, she's running for council or running for mayor. Running running for council. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've. She we, treats everyone fairly, and she does her due diligence. We still have a de- said, There's still a deadline what? that people can still uh, throw their hand yeah, in the ring. You can isn't still there? get it until yeah. that's right till the end of February. Um, I believe if you're at large, and there's uh, two at large positions, Christine Erickson is term limited out, and Janet's. So that would be up uh, 200 signatures on a petition. Easy to get. 
Um, and then if you're in the district, is Kurt Sales up for re-election in the Central District? And then um, Rick Kiley is in Southeast District, and he is term limited out. So we got those two positions open, and I think you only need like 50 signatures for the the district. We're talking to Teresa Staley, uh, been an advocate for uh, the city of Sioux Falls, uh, giving your, your perspective, like I say, uh, you do keep an eye on things and, and always have. Uh, I, I think something that people uh, would enjoy hearing is uh, you enjoy flowers quite a bit. You, you uh, did quite a battle for boulevards. Tell us that story. Well, oh, well, it, the, the I was inspired by the boulevards on McKinnon Park, mm-hmm. uh, to, I think, 20, believe 23rd, 22nd Street. Uh, oh, they're beautiful. Lilies, they, they've got all sorts of uh, hostas and tulips. And so I, I decorated my boulevard years ago when Dave Munson was mayor, and um I, a city person was, I think they were replacing a fire hydrant. He said, well, you can't have flowers here. So I went and talked to Dave Munson and Steve Matley, and they said, oh, don't worry about your flowers. They're fine. And so then down the road, back in 2015, Greg Jameson calls and says, Teresa, you know, we've got, we're going to have to look at the Boulevard Ordinance because you're not supposed to have anything over, I think it was seven inches. And anyway, I went out and, and rallied all people in Sioux Falls with Boulevard Gardens and they called the council and they the council ended up coming up with a uh, beautiful ordinance that allows for up to three feet of, of flowers. Mm-hmm. You could also have vegetables. I'm encouraging beautification and, and planting things that are going to help the environment. Janet Brecky and I also did a beekeeping ordinance Oh, yeah, there was, 20, there was the chicken ordinance, too. Yeah, they had done the chicken, but then we, we got the beekeeping thing passed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm all for things that are going to help beautify and and uh, strengthen our environment. And i uh, say one more thing. I don't know how much time we have, John, but I did want to put, just moving to this other topic, snow gates. Oh, yes, that was the main and, one, yeah. So, well, and there's no snow gate. Uh, of course, we're we're far away from snow right now. But uh, in December, we had snow. I went and testified at the city council about this. Uh, snow gates, we have an ordinance mandating that the city use snow gates in everyone's driveway. It's an ordinance. Mm-hmm. Now, the city has all sorts of ordinances for citizens to obey. This is how, how tall your grass can be, when you have to have your sidewalk shoveled, um, garbage cans where they're going to be played. We, 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 the city has all sorts of oversight. This one is the one of the few that the city is mandated to do for the citizens. And so that we had a snowfall in December, and I call it winners and losers because I put something on my Facebook page, and I said, how did the snow gates work? Well, John, uh, I, ha- I heard rave reviews of people Mm -hmm. so happy then i heard from people who said they didn't even attempt to use the snow gates that's not acceptable and i always have said tried to get this the uh, maintenance department the street department to put some kind of number on a snow plow and have a say call this number if you have concerns there's an accountability factor then 
And uh, if you're a private contractor working for the city, clearing the streets, you have to have snow gates on your on your vehicle. Well, that was something that you fought a long time to get. I know uh, it took quite a few years, and and uh, you got that through. Um, one thing I find interesting, Teresa, we're talking to Teresa Staley, uh, is they'll find people at the residence if they, you know, plow their snow into the street, but. You go downtown, and the city hall shovels the sidewalks into the street. Downtown businessmen all shovel the snow into the street. Uh, there's a, you know, don't don't see me, but do what I say, you know, type of thing. Uh, but the uh, the thing is, I remember last mayor election, I can't remember his name, but he ran just basically on the fact that uh, all the people up in, in his historical district that he, he lived were losing their homes because of the valuation taxation increases. Um, so, yeah, who's, who's uh, um, you know, uh, who's out there for the people that are, their rent goes up uh, $900? Who's out there for the uh, people that uh, have more traffic congestion now uh, in the streets and so on? Uh, the developers aren't paying for that. So uh, I guess there's a lot of things to talk about. But the fact is there's still time for people to, uh, you know, like you say, they end of February, they can still sign up to oh. throw their hat in the ring for a mayor or counselor. Uh, exactly, mayor or counselor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, run for mayor. At least you have a chance to get in and have a debate. And, and mm-hmm. you kind of force our current mayor to have to be accountable. Uh, I, I would say to Mr. Tenhagen, uh, yeah, he told me that he was going to take uh, every, I think once a month, he was going to set aside an hour or two to meet with constituents. You could come in and meet with him for like 10 minutes. I don't believe he's doing that anymore. But when he said that to me, I said, Paul, I meet with constituents constantly. I mean that it was for me it was a it was a full-time job responding. I tried to respond to everyone who ever called or texted or emailed me. I, I would couldn't live with myself if I just ignored people. And unfortunately, a lot of people on our council treat the public that way. Unless you're a special person, then they will respond. But I I think our council needs balance and Right now, the mayor is actually contributing to candidates. I mean, they're trying to get everybody on that council who's going to have the same viewpoint, and that would be keep your mouth shut and just do vote along the lines we tell you to. Well, don't they have That's to, not what I want. Don't they have to be transparent uh, as to who contributes the money to their campaign? Well, they are, and that's why you can look right now to see who's contributed. Well, follow the money. The Argus had, the Argus had it on, on an article um, last month, and uh, wow. It's amazing. We uh, there's uh, Matt Paulson is one guy who's given lots of money. Uh, Craig Lloyd, a developer, lots of money, and even our mayor, lots of money. So they're, tr- I mean, can money get someone elected? Well, maybe so. If you can run TV commercials, it does take money to run a campaign. You, you say the mayor is contributing. He's asking for a raise, but he's contributing to other candidates. To city council, yes. Okay. Well, follow the yeah. money. People can do that. Where can they go to see who is making contributions to the candidates? Well, the, the city, you could call the city clerk's office and, and say, how do I get access mm-hmm. to that? It, it's online. Okay. So well, I don't know the specifics of what links you would go to, but you can, you can find that out. Call the city clerk. Are you ever going to run for council again or mayor, Teresa? You, you know, well, 
I'm I'm enjoying. I've had some wonderful blessings, uh, which I won't go into here. But I've had some miraculous things happen in my life. That I'm 63 years old, and I've I've never been uh, more fulfilled. And um, one thing always leads to another. So right now, I'm doing the best I can um, in my life as a private citizen. But I I am committed to good government. I'm committed to helping people. And in Sioux Falls, now more than ever, we need people to av- to be an a- advocacy a force for for the people who have no voice, and to be lo- asking questions and vetting things out. And uh, I mean, just because a developer or the c- city department head who's getting paid one hundred and eighty thousand comes up cooks up an idea, doesn't mean it's a good idea. Look at that parking ramp. I'll just, that's still sitting there. That part, I uh, that thing smelled rotten from the get go, and they tried shoving that thing through. And I had all these questions about tying our second penny sales tax to that thing, and uh, why we were who the investors were. And I was told to constantly to shut up and back off, and I didn't. And it tr- turned out that it, it's been a horrible expenditure of money for our community. Well, now because you know. No- now, now you know why last year's uh, program with you, Teresa, was one of our most downloaded ones. Uh, so, <laughs> well, just, Teresa, well. Teresa Staley, uh, keep up the advocacy. Our time is up, but uh, oh, John, know, thank you. April twelfth is the date, right? April twelfth, get out and vote. And if you are so inclined, get take a petition out. You have time and get to, get on the ballot and put just at least be in, you can be in the flow of the the dialogue. But God bless our community. God bless you, John. Have a great day, Teresa Staley. Thank you for being with us on Forum.